George Lennon, thanks for listening to tonight's UOI News Hour. Coming up on tonight's show, the University of Hockey team have been made. Na- Sorry, I'll start again. The University of York hockey team have made national headlines due to York Vision revealing disgusting, sexist, and racist tweets from a private Twitter feed. We'll be discussing the impact of this on York's sporting reputation and how only weeks after UCU has started the Zero Tolerance Lad campaign, this event has proven to be a significant example of why an overhaul of this vile culture needs to happen quickly. Also, week six marks the Yusu Raising and Giving Week, known as Rag Week. We've got the organisers live in the studio to tell us more about the week, what is planned and how rag is not only just about this week, but that it can be foreseen throughout colleges and the university during the whole year. Plus, did you know it's Asexual Awareness Week? Do you know what it means to be asexual? Well, URY News Editor Kat Suave is finding out more about the week and the importance of raising the awareness of asexuality. All that and a lot more, as well as the books roundup and a preview of this Friday's sports show with Claire Thomas. Throughout the show, remember you can always share your opinions with us here on the URY News Hour just tweet us at URY News. You can send us a message via the website. That's URY.org.uk. Or alternatively, give us a text on 07851 But first, here is Josh Kerr with a look at the local and national news headlines. Live from the newsroom. At six minutes, two minutes past six, rather. The serious fraud office is carrying out a criminal investigation into accounting irregularities at the supermarket giant Tesco. Last week, the supermarket announced that its profits were overstated by £263 million, up from an initial estimate made last month of £250 million. The inflated profit figure was the result of Tesco bringing forward rebates from suppliers. The serious fraud office confirmed the probe, but declined to give further details. Zambian Vice President Guy Scott has been named acting leader following the death of President Michael Sata. Presidential elections to choose a permanent successor will be held within 90 days, Defence Minister Edgar Lindu said. Mr Scott, who is the Scottish descent, uh, becomes Africa's first white head of state for many years. Mr Sata died in the UK aged 77 after receiving treatment for an undisclosed illness. Deputy Labour leader Harriet Harman has worn a t-shirt carrying the slogan this is what a feminist looks like to, pri- to Prime Minister Question Time. The Facet uh, Society's campaign t-shirt uh, has been worn by both Ed, Miller, Ed Miliband and Nick Clegg for promotional p- pictures, but not by David Cameron. A House of Commons most spokesman said there are many uh, demands on the Speaker's uh, attention whilst he is in the chair, particularly during question to the Prime Minister. If a member's dress is not in line with the convention of the House of Commons, it is brought to the chair's attention. He acts accordingly. It is not known whether the speaker had noticed Miss Harmon's choice of attire. In sports news, Andy Murray moved to within one win for qualifying for the uh, World Tour Finals with his victory over Julien Benestou, uh, the Paris Masters in the Paris Masters. The Britain 27, who is fifth in the race to qualify for November's finals, outclassed his French opponent in 71 minutes to reach the third round. He needs to reach the quarterfinals in France to clinch his place in London. A Scott, who has won three titles in five weeks, will face Grigory Dimitriov, who beat Murray in Wimbledon. Uh, next, uh, uh, a quick look at the weather uh, this evening and tonight. Uh, it will cloud over in the evening, followed by outbreaks of rain spreading from the south, perhaps heavy at time, uh, becoming misty later in the night also. Mild, with temperatures gradually rising overnight, highs of 11 degrees New York. You are on air, online, York Uni's student radio station. Radio news by students, for students. The URY News Hour on University Radio York. Good evening, it's coming to four minutes past six. You're listening to the UOI News Hour. I'm George Lane, and for this evening, we'll be discussing a variety of topics, obviously, covered. But first up, we will be discussing vision. Obviously, it's come out this Tuesday. We normally have a look through the papers. However, this particular issue of vision is something a little bit different. It's, it's well, it's, it's not different in a way, it's, it is 
revealing quite a big controversial issue. Something that is very serious and is taken um, with a lot of <coughs> sort of seriousness from university management, the students' union, and I'm sure listening at home you will all know what I am talking about. It is the University of York Hockey Club. They had a private Twitter feed which has now been made public and on there there have been some quite serious, offensive and vile comments um, that's currently been investigated right now. And I have in the studio with me, I have Josh and Kat to discuss a little bit more about that article. Now, to begin with, uh, to give a bit of context, the university have said that the messages from the account are wholly unacceptable. In consultation with the university, USU is in, uh, conducting an investigation of a view to disciplinary action against the individuals uh, responsible and potentially the club. Now, in previous years... Um, clubs have been completely banned for a year. I know it happened to the rugby club. They were disbanded for a full year. Um, and however you could argue, this may be to do with four individuals from the hockey club. With other members of hockey club being on that same page, you could argue then that by condoning those posts and not reporting it, equally everyone who is on that page is, is to blame. What do you think to that, Josh? Uh, well, it's, it's important to see what the, the investigation actually has to say. It's... You know, it's always dangerous if you're speculating um but if it if it is seen that it is everyone sort of involved with it and it's they they everyone's been sort of active in it then obviously that does need to be looked at quite seriously now cat from sort of your experience as a news editor have you heard many people talking about this it's been a big thing on campus it's, it's hit national headlines it was reported on in the sun pretty yeah. much immediately um and it seems to be getting a bit of a, a bad reputation for york sport yeah, well, I've I've been hearing a lot of things, and n pretty much all of them are completely awful. Um, I was I was reading the comments that were on the article's page, and it was saying, "Oh, well, you know, it's probably just a private joke between members of the hockey club." Uh, it's it's not funny. Like you can't use rape as a joke, no matter if it's private or whatever. I think whoever did it certainly should be reprimanded. As Josh said, you can't really say anything without knowing the full extent of the investigation and what those results are but if it is indeed a private joke then yeah probably banning the hockey club is a good idea well that's the thing there's a lot of comments um being made lots of people liking or disliking these comments as well on the vision page and one person says obviously a lot of these tweets are horrendous but it looks like they've been taken very out of context it was a private account and it's probably just a joke between some of the members so that's what one guy says but if i scroll down a little bit further there was a, a post that was to do with regardless of the context to be homophobic to be racist to be sexist regardless of the context there is no context for that and well yeah. action needs to be taken i'm sure this is something that's not going to go away immediately yusu and the university are investigating at the moment and i think we'll leave it there for the uoi news hour but if you've got any opinions on the matter we would love to hear from you because it is causing a lot of debate some people think it should be ignored other people think it's a bit of uh, fun and a harmless joke and obviously, as well as that, there's a lot of people who are calling for serious action on this. So we'll see how that develops throughout the afternoon and throughout the evening and for the next week. But another story that's hit vision to have a quick look through is to do with the, uh, not the question time, but what it is, the university challenge. Now, there's a, uh, an article by one of the uh, reporters which is basically saying how the uh, university's team was a little bit lacking of women. And I think that's something that we were talking about earlier, Kat. Yeah. Um, well... I tried out for University Challenge. It was actually kind of a, a bet with my housemate to see how far we could get, and, and needless to say, we didn't get that far. Um, but whilst I was in the tryouts for the team, I mean, me and my, uh, my friend and myself, we must have been the only girls in there. So is it right to positively discriminate? Of course not. Uh, you got to go with your best options to win, and uh, by having four guys, that, that's absolutely fine. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, there's absolutely in this article no statistics as far as who actually applied, uh, as far as the demographics of it. But again, to me, it, so your demographic should have have no importance whatsoever. It's, it should be purely based on ability, which yeah. it's quite clear that the the application process was. Yeah. 
Okay, and another final point we're going to cover on your vision. Obviously, I've been looked through um, in this article. There has been a little bit of controversy, a little people talking about. There was a full spread advert uh, towards the end of the edition. I'm not going to mention who it was for, but it was for a certain sports complex, which is in the York area. Um, and the reason it's hit so much controversy is due to the fact that supposedly Vision are not allowed to advertise services like this. It's against their policies. And I was speaking to someone from UCU earlier, and they were saying how basically there's an agreement because there's York Sport on campus, because they provide heavily subsidised sports facilities for students, then as a result of that, student newspapers cannot advertise these other providers, and it seems to really slip through the net. Do you think? Do you think that's what's happened, Cat, or do you think it's it's it should we should allow a free market and we should allow people to advertise, and if they're willing to pay for publicity, they should be allowed to do it? Absolutely not. Um, Vision is subsidised by Yusu. Uh, you've got to remember they are being paid to you know produce these um, newspapers by Yusu and by advertising a different brand that isn't part of the student union you know it, it negates all that sort of good uh, good rapport between the two and I don't think that it should should have put the full spread at least what do you think Josh it, we, even with York Sport being outside of Yusu's dominance obviously it's, it's a private business yeah. uh, facilitated by the university it still is heavily linked to Yusu do you think regardless of that impact we should not be allowed to advertise in this way well it, it is, it's very much a grey area isn't it as far as what what should or shouldn't be allowed to be published but w- within this context like it, uh, my my sort of view on it is that that given given the, the sort of ties between York Sport and the university and obviously the uh, the newspaper and the university students union and so on, it's it, it does leave sort of a, a bad taste because of the sort of good uh, yeah well, as you said heavily subsidised service that is provided by York Sport. Okay, and I, I was speaking to Chris Wall, the sabbatical officer in charge of societies, and he was saying, with this being the first edition of York Vision under a new team, uh, them as Yusu have missed off talking through the deals that have in place that could be breached by societies or clubs when they enter these sponsorship deals with other organisations, um, and most of in between the election time and going to print. So in the future, Chris Wall has said uh, Yusu will add further checks to make sure that this doesn't happen again. So I don't really think Vision can be blamed. Uh, they're obviously wanting to bring up bring as much income in as possible but I'm sure it's not the sort of advert that we'll see again, especially if you still have these new controls. Thank you for that bit of a discussion there on the latest edition of your vision. Next up is the RAG preview. So in a moment, we're going to get some people from RAG to tell us more about the next week. So RAG stands for Raising and Giving and is one of the biggest societies on campus. RAG's aim is to involve as many students as possible uh, to fundraise throughout the year, in doing so, raising thousands of pounds for charity. Raise money across both campuses for a range of charities, from small local projects to huge international organisations. They do this for a range of one-off activities, annual events and adventure challenges. RAG is also a big part of junior common room committees. Each college has a representative who will hold events throughout the next year on a slightly smaller scale than the main committee events. Now next week is the highlight of the year as it is RAG week but what does that involve? Does anyone know what it is and how can students get involved? Well luckily we are joined live in the studio by some members of the RAG committee to tell us a little bit more about the week and what is expected to happen. Now I'm joined who am i joined with can you all please introduce yourself to our lovely listeners at home starting with Rafaela. okay hi my name is Rafaela, and i'm the pr and marketing coordinator of rag hi i'm georgia i'm rag chair or uh, rag officer which either way we want to look at it hi i'm you and i'm co-rag week organizer fantastic thank you very much for joining us i suppose the first very basic question to ask is what exactly is happening next week we've got a full week of events jam-packed Georgia, can you tell us a little bit more? What can we expect? Uh, Rag Week is going to be phenomenal. We are just taking over campus. There is going to be flyers everywhere. We're trying to put bunting everywhere. So you'll just see us everywhere. We're also trying to encourage everyone to dress up. So, like, have you ever wanted to wear a onesie to class? Have you ever wanted to wear a onesie to your lecture? This is your chance to do it. Or even if you just want to dress up, you don't have to wear a onesie. That was just a suggestion. Anyway, it's going to be amazing. There's just so many different events going on, and just it's all for such a great cause. Like, how can you say no? Fantastic. And can you just uh, maybe, Raphael, explain the difference between sort of university level rag and the college rag, and how will this? How can will you be able to see a difference next week about it, or or will will it all be kind of one unified rag? 
experience or Georgia, whoever's best answer that? Um, I think there's going to be a unified drug experience because we're trying to raise money for charity in general for like six charities, isn't it? Seven, yeah, seven, seven college charity. Yeah, and uh, but we're gonna have individual college events uh, that are organized by the college reps, and then we're gonna have some bigger events like um, the rug night eating on Saturday. Uh, so we're gonna have everyone who has participated in rug to come and have a night in, and all the money will go towards uh, charity again. So you and being the joint rag officer. What would you say, or not RAG officer, so RAG Week organizer, what would you say is your biggest highlight for the week? What, what would you recommend? If people are only going to have time to do one thing, what would you say they should get involved in? Or well, is that too difficult? I'm organizing the big RAG night in, so I'm only slightly biased, but I would say that is one of the definite highlights of the week. We're having acts from Comedy Suck, Band Suck, um, Dance Suck, and magic suck as well hopefully and we're also having a raffle as well which are like um prizes include a platinum card um which is what you get into any yusu official night for free and we're sending them around um campus um throughout this week and next week so yeah definitely. when and where is that event just just in case people don't know uh the roger kirk center um at 8 p.m fantastic what day sorry a Saturday, sorry. Saturday, so that's a good event. But obviously lots of stuff happening throughout the week, Georgia. I know in previous years, I remember seeing the rag parade happening going all throughout the York. Is that something that's going to happen this year? or? Unfortunately, rag parade is not happening this term. Um, obviously, the Sunday that ends rag week is um, Remembrance Sunday. So it would have been a bit awkward if we decided to trash town in fancy dress. Um, so un we're moving it to next term, but it means that we can promote it, we can make it a much bigger thing, and hopefully raise a lot, lot more money. And hopefully it'll be a bit warmer, fingers crossed. Yeah, I was going to say, it was a question that I was going to bring up. Um, it has been mentioned in the past, but obviously Remembrance Sunday being a big 100 years since since obviously the, the World War One was in place, would it be really appropriate to have thousands of uh, monkeys and farm animals and whatever else a theme would be and obviously you've, you've taken a decision since then to to not put it in so i suppose that's not a question anymore to ask but do you, do you reckon by moving rag week to next term will it still be as big if it's not in rag week if it's just a parade on its own um and how do you plan to make it big if, if you don't think it might be i think it definitely can be um the thing with rag week is everyone's so exhausted especially the committee the committee is so exhausted by the time you get to parade that they're desperately trying to put all their enthusiasm and all their energy into this parade in the freezing cold and i don't know it usually it works um it's worked previously in um yeah it's worked previously but we're hoping obviously we couldn't do it this year on remembrance sunday it's just not quite doable so we've moved on and i'm sure it can be like we're the promotion will be there it won't get hidden from rag week and we'll have a brand new set of college reps who will have all the energy and all the charisma to make it work okay so generally to kind of finish off before we talk a little bit more about the next week is about rag week in the past um do you know roughly what sort of figures are we talking? Is this Rag Week generally sort of a big event in terms of a fundraiser? Would you say the majority of money for Rag over the year comes from this week? Or is this just one event of many that can seem to be important for these charities? Um, it's difficult to say because this year Rag Week are going, the, the money is going to the college charities. So over the Rag Week, the amount of money we'll make and then how it will be split will be a lot more money to those charities than a college could necessarily raise on their own. However, I wouldn't say it's our biggest money maker over the year. Our challenges are without a doubt, they create the most money because each individual has to raise a substantial amount. Um, but it is a huge week in our calendar. It's one of our most exciting weeks. It is definitely our most exciting week. And yeah, it's whatever it makes, it's gonna be fun. And do you think uh, some people might make a few criticisms sometimes that not enough students get involved? York uh, might be a city where people will give maybe in the rag week, but then everything else we might not get involved, unless we're doing one of these big challenges. Do you think that's the case at York? With over 17,000 students, do you think we could do any more to try and get a few more donations? Or, or do you think our sort of level of donations and level of enthusiasm is, is good enough? I think it's something that needs to be built on. I mean, Loughborough, universities like Loughborough and Kent and stuff, like, 
rag is a huge huge part of their university experience and that's amazing for them but they're a different university and like they've had a longer legacy than us whereas we are we're still building we're still getting better and it's all step by step we'll be fine like we are fine we're amazing but it's going in the right direction it's going to be even more amazing Okay, and just to finish off, can I go down the line, starting from Rafaela? Uh, how can people, in your opinion, best help? Your one thing that they can do next week to best help this charities and Rag Week. Okay, first of all, I think the best thing to do is participate in as many events as possible as they can because uh, they don't even have to participate in their own colleges events they can just go around and they will meet people as well which is the best thing to do and um, also try to part uh, to be members of uh, all these challenges we're organizing for next term as well that we because we postponed the skydive and um, generally try to raise money go around and of course try to promote it as much as possible to their friends to everyone they know to their colleges to the university level in general georgia um just be excited have fun participate and yeah grab all those pennies from the bottom of your bag or even if you've got a note i mean if you don't have any pennies then that's all you're gonna have to do i mean really yeah just participate have fun uh, yeah, and if you don't want to make like a, a, a huge effort, like with um, helping us uh, promote stuff, just like just come to the events, you know, just turn up, and you know, even if you donate one p, that's you know great. It all contributes and helps. Well, thank you very much, members of the Rugby Committee, for joining in is uh, joining us in the studio for the UOI News Hour. Great to have you on, and I wish you all the success for next week, but equally for the rest of the year. Because, like you're saying, it's not all about the Rag Week; it is about the full year. So, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. And while we do our transfer changeover in the studio, uh, I'm going to tell you a little bit more about our next report. We're already halfway through week five and in fact already halfway through the first term of a year and we're starting to hand in essays and finish off early projects campus this week is raising awareness of asexuality for asexuality awareness week the university of york is one of the only universities in the country to commemorate asexually asexuality awareness week but students are often confused as to what asexuality means we're joined in the studio by alexi hudson usu's lgbtq asexuality convener who can shed a little light on the week and the reasons behind it so i'm also joined in the studio with our uoi news editor cat suave and it, it seemed to be just to start off on, a, on something a little bit different asexuality is quite a hard word to pronounce i've, I've only just realized <laughs> that right now see they seem to put a few tongue twisters in there for me yeah it is uh, it's asexuality awareness as well there's a lot of a's going on but uh i'll pass yeah. over to you to to talk with lexi okay thank you very much now uh lexi sorry what exactly is your title then because i've said you were the asexuality convener so well i was Kind of for the last year or so, mm -hmm. but um, since then, uh, for various reasons, I've had to kind of step back from the committee. So formally speaking, I'm not actually the convener anymore, okay. but I'm still like a point of contact. So okay. my email address is still on the UCU LGBTQ sort of asexual page. Um, so people are still free to contact me about all things asexual if they wish. Oh, um, brilliant. And I, I still support the committee and everything they mm -hmm. do. Okay, so what a lot of people have been saying is, what exactly is asexuality? Like, how would you define it? Most simply, asexuality is defined as a distinct lack or complete absence of sexual attraction. So someone who is asexual does not feel that they need sex. Sex is not a priority. It's not something they, you know, instinctively desire. Um... And, you know, it's, it's kind of a sliding spectrum, but that is the most simple way you can define it. Okay, and so um, why why does asexuality in itself need an awareness week? Is it because people don't know these sort of things? Yes, certainly. I think um, asexuality is very new in terms of its place in the discussion of sexuality. Mm. So in kind of mid-20th century, you started to get dialogue going about um, homosexuality, um, gay and lesbian people more recently transsexuality transgenderism bisexuality but um, asexuality has only really come into the discussion in the last sort of 10 years or so mm -hmm. and mostly with the rise of the internet internet forums where people finally feeling brave enough to you know anonymously post online say well this is how I feel about sex and I have no idea if anyone else does and then loads of people responding by saying yeah me too mm -hmm. and that is very much like how the dialogue goes it's loads of people 
realizing that they're not in fact the only ones who have felt like the odd one out all their teenage lives while you know everyone around them is talking about who they have crushes yeah. on who they've slept with i mean it's quite prolific in society isn't it i mm -hmm. mean we've just seen all these things about lad culture and um mm. you know it must be very refreshing to have these sort of dialogues and engagements with other people who are feeling the same or it's definitely very important um it's interesting you bring up lad culture because part of the problem with lad culture is that it seems so set against anything different to heteronormativity yeah. um so it's really important that when you're discussing um, different kinds of sexuality that you also include the lack of a sec of um, sexuality in the same way that you know atheism takes place takes part in the discussion about religion and that it's a lack of religion. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a really interesting way of looking at it, actually. Um, right. So back to the week itself. Mm -hmm. What sort of events or um, actions um, are you know the the student union the lgbtq the asexuality um sort of people doing to raise awareness well there have been quite a few events going on this week so there mm -hmm. was a film screening of um kind of one of the only films in existence purely focused on asexuality like a documentary called asexual um so that happened on tuesday i believe and there's a meeting starting in about five minutes actually um <laughs> we won't keep you too long <laughs> uh, no, don't worry about it um where it's just kind of a discussion group about asexuality hosted by the lgbtq committee mm -hmm. and tomorrow in the afternoon i think at 2 p.m there's a meetup at crumbs cupcakery oh yes <laughs> <laughs> for um all all discussion of things Okay, um, well, we've just heard that York is one of the only universities in the UK to actually celebrate uh, Asexuality Awareness Week, if mm -hmm. it can be celebrated, I suppose. Oh, I think uh, it can. <laughs> so do you think that York as a university creates the right sort of support for uh, anyone who is or, um, or thinks they might be asexual? I would definitely agree with that because um, I didn't realise I was asexual until I came to York and oh. I actually saw the um, very extensive and very thorough definition on the UC pages, um, which I'd just never seen before. So I think it has great resources um, in that sense. And also I like to think that by ha having been convener for a year, I've kind of helped set up um, a precedent for York being very ace friendly and you know more and more people are coming to me and saying hey i heard you were asexual let's talk about that because i think i might be too so hopefully you know we can keep that community expanding and just keep talking about it foster dialogues not just within our university but with other institutions as well yeah and so how does one show their support for asexuality uh, asexuality awareness week um first and foremost you talk about it mm -hmm. because that has been the biggest problem for asexuality is that people just haven't even fathomed that this was a possibility that someone could lack sexual attraction. So if you're confused about what it is, if you're intrigued, if you want to know more about it, if you think you might be asexual, talk to someone about it. Talk whether that's me or with a, you know people online or just your friends casually. Um, that's, that's how progress is made. Um, show support by sharing things, resources um, online, go to asexuality.org and see all the information they offer there because it's very extensive. Attend the events um, and all the discussions and yeah, just be aware that's going on. And you're happy to let people contact you? Yes, of course. Um, I can be contacted on ah1080 at york.ac.uk. Okay, well, thank you so much for joining us in the studio today. And as a reminder, week five is Asexuality Awareness Week. Thanks very much. On air, online, on demand. York Uni's student radio station. Radio news by students, for students. The URY News Hour on University Radio York. Still to come on tonight's show, we'll be having a discussion on housing and when students should start looking ready for next year. The Queen has tweeted for the first time. Kat Suave will be finding out whether she actually tweeted the message and what would you tweet the Queen? Do let us know yourwhy.org.uk. We'd love to hear from you. Alternatively, you can tweet us it at News. Also, we'll be having a full sports roundup with Simon from our sports team. But first, here are the entertainment headlines with Josh Kerr. Arch has been suspended from the Only Way as Essex because of his party lifestyle. The 26-year-old will not be appearing on screens this week 
after turning up late for filming. Arge is one of Terry's original cast members appearing on the show since 2010, and it's not known when he'll return. Emma Watson says she was worried she'd be eaten for lunch during her UN speech. The Harry Potter star who spoke to the organisation on gender equality last month says she was incredibly nervous before the speech. Watson added that her involvement in the campaign is her way of making sense of fame. Paolo Nettini has pulled out of a further two UK arena shows because he has severe tonsillitis. The stars postponed tomorrow's performance at the O2 Arena in London and Friday's gig at the Motor Point Arena in Cardiff. He'd already shelled two concerts in Glasgow this week on medical advice. Breaking Bad's creator says the spin-off show, Better Call Saul, is going to be 80% drama. Vince Gillen says fans of the character might be surprised that it's only 15% comedy as they get to explore the lawyer in more depth. The series follows the origins of Walter White's lawyer, Saul Goodman, and will be on TV early next year. That's the entertainment news from URY. Thank you very much for that with the entertainment news. We'll be getting a full roundup of the international headlines at the end of the show, so do stay tuned for that. Remember, you can send all your messages to us, uri.org.uk. Uh, we are especially this week talking about the vision articles, the one concerning the hockey club's vile and disgusting excuse me, disgusting tweets. If you've got an opinion on that, please do let us know. You can tweet us at URY News as well. Next, we're going to be having a bit of a housing discussion. Now, it's that time of year where students start to look for houses. But is it too early to have colleges uh, have sending... Is it too early, sorry, to have colleges sending out guidance? Today, we had Vamra College sending out a, a, like related guidance for next year's housing arrangements. Vamra College was <coughs> one of the ones responsible. And they said, why not live on campus? They've also stated that the opening applications to current second, third year and fourth years in week six this term. But is that too soon? Should students feel the pressure to sign up to the whole year contracts with only a month arriving at the university? I think initially before we, we go on to this report, Kat, you're obviously more experienced than Josh in the whole living independently in a house. Um, yep. what, what is your view on, on when people should start looking? Um, well, I think the university sort of guidance, not guidance, the um, the housing list doesn't open till February. So I don't know why people are rushing to do it so so quickly. Um, you know, you have only met these people a few weeks ago, and to rush into a, a year-long contract with someone could end incredibly badly. So I would wait at least until December. Now, I've got here, URY's Will Rollinson has been speaking to a uh, person who had that very experience. Um, obviously, a lot of us listening right now will have had the experience of moving into own house. But here is it exactly from Will's friend. Oh, the housing process for me. Oh, well, um, we went through the estate agents on campus, Adam Bennett. We got to look around all the available sort of houses that we wanted to see. It was really easy to just book, and we looked around a couple... And then we found one that we liked for the four of us. And uh, we liked it straight away, but we thought that we'd better snap it up quickly. So we didn't really, once we found this house we're living in now, we didn't really look around any of those because we thought there's no point. I think it's all quite rushed from start to finish. It, start, it starts off with choosing the people that you want to live with for the next year or maybe two. And once that's been decided and the inevitable drama that, that causes, you have to choose the right house. It's made easier with Adam Bennett being on campus. Well, first of all, it was quite stressful because we didn't know who we'd be sharing with. Then four of us came together. Um, the first house we looked at was our winner, and we booked it there and then. It's still quite it's quite, still quite a lot of hard work, which is why we only looked at three houses. I do feel a bit of a rush because, obviously, we wanted to make sure we got the best house for us. I know that people that want bigger houses, they're always looking quite early on. We got it all sort of done and dusted around January time. It was after Christmas around January time. I'd definitely go through Adam Bennett. It's your only hope of making it through with actually having a house next year. Now we're living in the house and it's brilliant and we'll definitely have to see about renewing the contract. So that was Will Rollinson there talking to a few people who've already been through the experience. Um, but what about first years? Having been used to leaving lights on and turning up the heating, how will first years cope into moving to these new houses? Only time will tell. But what we did do is we sent your wise Josh Kerr to speak to some first years about their time in halls so far. Obviously, they've only been there a week. Uh, no, they haven't been there a week. They've only been there just over a month. How are they finding it? We'll see what he said. So, Alex, you live in uh, university accommodation, Durban D block, in fact. <coughs> How do you find the accommodation that you've got? 
Um, it's like a 1960s council estate, but I love it. Uh, do you feel you get value for money? <laughs> with <laughs> value for money. Um, yeah, I mean, I get I get a working toilet, so I guess that's that's a that's a bonus. Put aside the architecture for a minute. How are the general conditions? Yeah, I mean, if we put aside the mould that's growing in the kitchen as well, I mean, general conditions seem uh, <laughs> pretty good. And, and do, do you feel it's it's fair that that you get judged weekly on on how clean the kitchen is, and and face potentially penalty fares because of that? Well, not really. I'd just prefer to just leave the kitchen till the end of term and then just have a massive clear up there. Um. And have you already started to think about housing for next year? Um, no, not really. So we've been speaking to Josh Kerr, speaking to some housemates there in D-Block in Derwent College. But in the studio now, we have got a couple of people to talk about. We've already had a brief opinion there from Kat. She thinks it's nothing to worry about. It got till February. But if that's the case, why are colleges already starting to advertise their accommodation? If if supposedly you can't possibly make the decision for private housing, why is, why is it acceptable to allow university accommodation? Um, well, I think it's important that if you are perhaps not gelling with people or feeling like you probably don't want to live with the people that you are surrounded by. I think it's important that people aware, are aware that they have an alternative um, so that they're not worrying in December, January, February that they are going to have to find people to live with. So um, I think that universities, uh, the colleges um, are right to advertise their own accommodation so soon, but not off campus. And Josh, do you think you'll be turning to private external companies for your houses, or are you such a big fan of Derwent D-Block that you think you might stay on campus? <laughs> and, and do another year. Uh, no, I, I think it's very likely that I'll, I'll probably move off campus. Um, I, I agree with the view that it's it's silly at this point to be looking at houses, certainly before Christmas. But the idea of handing out guidance this early, um, that does seem sensible, because something I've come across... Uh, is a lot of the people I know have sort of been saying, well, they they feel they need more guidance because it, they've never rented a house before or, or anything like that. So that's certainly a positive, but I, I definitely agree that looking to to pick up a place now is is far too early. Well, thank you very much, Josh and Kerr. Uh, Josh and Kerr? Josh <laughs> and Kat for your opinions there. Now, the next topic is something a little bit like Twitter. We've already been talking about the terrible uh, tweets from Hockey Club. Um, during the entertainment news, I was quite uh, awkwardly taking a selfie uh, that I will be tweeting to the Student Radio Awards. I'm not sure if you guys at home will already know, but the University of Radio York news and sport team have been nominated for an SRA at the Student Radio Awards and we are very excited by this and as part of this they have put online that we have to send them exciting selfies so I've taken one have you got any ideas for a selfie if you do let me know and I'll try and win some things while I'm there but if not I'm going to send them all along but talking of selfies and talking of Twitter yes. we have Kat talking about something a little bit more up to date very up to date well this week saw the queen sending her very first tweet whilst opening an information technology gallery at the science museum the message which went out on friday at 11:35 a.m to 724,000 followers of the at british monarchy account read it is a pleasure to open the information age exhibition at the science museum and i hope people will enjoy visiting elizabeth r the account had previously been managed by palace officials now, the Queen and the Duke of Edinburgh arrived on Friday morning at the Science Museum in London to open and tour the UK's first permanent gallery dedicated to the history of information and communications technology. Inviting the monarch to open the gallery, the Science Museum director, Ian Blatchford, remarked on how the Queen had harnessed advances in te communication technology throughout her reign. He said, I mentioned earlier that Queen Victoria took great interest in the invention of the telephone, and Your Majesty has followed in this tradition of embracing new technology. You made the first live Christmas broadcast in 1957, and an event relished by historians took place on 26th of March 1976, when you became the first monarch to send an email during a visit to the Royal Signals and Radar Establishment. May I now invite you to join me that you may send your first tweet. 
Uh, however, controversy had erupted after it was spotted that the tweet was sent by an iPhone, even though the picture showed the Queen using an iPad. So, did the Queen actually tweet from the Science Museum, or is it all just publicity stunt? We're here on the panel with myself, George and Simon to discuss Her Majesty's surge in technology. Now, do we all think that the Queen did in fact send the tweet herself on Friday morning? I think she did. I think she wouldn't go to all the effort of having an iPad there with it on for someone just alongside her to have it on the phone and sneakily just do it. I think it's probably just a way that Apple do it, iPhone, iPod, iPad, yeah. whatever. And I think it would have been her. I don't think she's going to proactively get an iPhone out or a BlackBerry out and tweet all day long. It'd be quite nice. Um, similarly, I'd love to get Snapchats from a queen, um, but I, I just don't think it's going to happen. What about you, Simon? Do you think it was her? Yeah, I think, as you said, that there would be no point of her having an iPad on just for somebody else to do it. It doesn't seem to make a lot of sense for that to be the case. So you don't think it's a publicity stunt? Well, there's always a possibility, but it seem, which seems yeah. like a very um, elaborate publicity stunt, if that is what it is. I think as well the Queen doesn't need publicity. I think if, if, no, you, if you go museum. across... <laughs> oh, or for the museum. I was going to say, if it's the Queen herself, I think she's got enough followers uh, just generally in the world that she doesn't need to necessarily have a tweet, Twitter account just because she's not as popular as Justin Bieber. That's true. So what then? What piece of technology from Elizabeth Reign do you think has been the biggest advancement? Um, I would say the computer. I think we've seen the most advancement. In terms of there's been televisions, there's been radio, that sort of thing. But the computer's radically changed and, and ridiculously changed at a huge rate, even if you just think of the last 10 years. I've got, uh, right now, I've got the computing team in the office probably telling me not a lot about computers. I don't think we're even listening, to be fair. But, yeah, I think computers. How about you, Simon? Uh, I think TV's been a, a big change in everyone's life. I mean, from where it started, and they were so expensive and massive, and now nearly everyone's got one in their household and how it's just gone massive a bit controversial that no one said radio but uh never mind no, well who listens to radio really yeah that, that <laughs> is true uh so simon do you have a twitter account i do yeah i do so do you remember your very first tweet uh, can't say I don't know. Oh, that's a shame. George, do you remember your very first tweet? I don't. I'm going to try and find out what it was for you, but I, I don't really use Twitter that much. I, I occasionally try and tweet celebrities, and I've once had a, I'd had a response, not from a celebrity, but from a producer of a Scott Mills show. I think, I think that's the most famous one. My initial one was 27th of April, 2009. And do you want know to know what my tweet was? I really do. Is working out how to use Twitter. Not used it before, exclamation mark. That, that was great, and that was followed a year later by "Is liking the snow a lot, but better start doing some work. So you can see by my uh, lack of Twitter enthusiasm there that I'm not really a tweeter. Well, tying in nicely from what you were saying before, I think my very first tweet was a selfie of me using Twitter, saying I'm working out how to use Twitter as well, and that was from about 2009. So clearly I was ahead of the times on the selfie game. Now... Finally, as my last question, what would you tweet Queen Elizabeth if you knew that it was going directly to her? Simon. Uh, fancy a cup of tea, probably. Oh, nice one. I would say, um, what are you having for breakfast? Can you tweet it, please? Would you want a picture as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, I think she should... I think she should... I think, really, she should forget about Twitter. I don't think that would be really suitable for her. But she should move to Snapchat. Um, because I remember getting the Yusu president last year, Callum Saylor, he used to Snapchat you, um, and you could Snapchat him back and stuff. So I think it'd be quite cool to do that for Queen. A Twitter, maybe not as interesting. Oh, really? See, I'd want, I'd want the sort of Ellen DeGeneres Oscar selfie, but I'd want the Queen and the royal family. I'd want, yeah. I'd want Prince George in there as well, uh, and, and a corgi or two. So that's what I'd want from the Queen. Like, tweet as your best Oscar selfie. So, yeah, that follows the news that the Queen sent her very first tweet last Friday. Well, thank you very much, Kat, there, for that fantastic little report there on the Queen and her ability to send Twitter messages. Thank you very much for that. You are listening to the URY News Hour. On air. On air. Online. 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 York Uni's student radio station. Radio news by students for students. The URY News Hour on University Radio York. 
It's coming up to 6.44, and throughout the show, we have been discussing the University of York's hockey team where, where they've hit the national headlines. Just to confirm for people who weren't here for the start of the show, there has been a huge controversy with some private tweets that have been on a Twitter account. The University of York Hockey Club would like to release a statement with regards to this, and they have said that they have sincerely apologised for the Twitter account set up by the social secretaries. In no way was the hockey club affiliated with or in any way endorsed the account. The tweets are wholly unacceptable and do not reflect or represent the opinions or views held by the hockey club. And they have since removed the two social secretaries permanently from the hockey club and have removed the other two social secretaries from the committee and banned them from the social side of the club until further review. That obviously is alongside an ongoing investigation by the Students' Union and the University Senior Management Group. So I'm sure we will be hearing about that more as the week and the next couple of weeks develop. But for now, we're going to move on to something a little bit more positive and that is still around sports. It's the books review and uh, UOY Sports Sports editor Claire Thomas is currently away doing sports. So what we have instead is we have one of our sports reporters. We have Simon in the studio to give us a bit of an update on what's happened in books today. Simon. It's Wednesday, which means that university sports teams have been involved in a number of Bucks fixtures. While results are still coming into us, a number of matches took place earlier today with the results as follows. In football, Hull University women's were awarded a walkover against the York second team in the Northern Conference Cup due to York being unable to field a full side. The women's first netball team secured a 65-20 <coughs> win against Sheffield's third to make their way through to the next round of the Cup. Meanwhile, the lacrosse men's first team managed to secure a big result, winning 10-7 against bitter rivals Lancaster. And in badminton, the men's third team were beaten heavily 7-1 away to Newcastle. That's it for the Bucks Roundup today, but be sure to tune in to Friday Sports Hour for a complete summary of all the York University sports teams during the week. Thank you, Simon, for that quick update there. Now, sport is a big part of York. Wednesday afternoons is, is a big key point for all these sports. And I was down at the pavilion today, and I happen to see a fair few injuries happening every single week. I, I tend to find rugby seem to be the ones who are, are most injured. Uh, fingers crossed the person I dealt with is, is doing okay. Uh, what do you think? Cat about the general sort of sporting ethos at York, regardless of the, the hockey situation. Do you think we still have quite a strong sporting output and strong spirit? Oh, definitely. I mean, um, as a university, I think I, uh, we're not probably the sportiest university, but I think the collegiate system definitely harnesses a real competitiveness that can only benefit the university um, teams as a whole. I mean, I'm, I'm from Derwent, and sport is a major, major part of the, of the college spirit. i just seen Josh fist pump the air as his six-a-side team. How did they do this week? Uh, lost 2-0 this week, uh, sadly. Sorry, Josh. <laughs> um, but no, I think it's, I think it's really um, an integral part of the university. Whilst we not, may not be the best, it does harness a really good sort of relationship. Now, Josh, um, for the UOI Sports Hour on Friday, which is at 6pm, we had a fantastic show last week. I, I wasn't there for it, but I was listening along and it was absolutely brilliant. This week, you are uh, very sporty for the last couple of weeks. You've been going along to classes and I believe you're going to go along tomorrow to a MetaFit class. Yes, I, I am in fear of... Uh, yeah, I was going to say, if for anyone who's experienced it, I was meant to be going on one at 8am this morning and I had to cancel just because I didn't feel 100% ready for it. And I think it is one of those classes. Uh, you're going tomorrow afternoon. If anyone's got a sports centre membership and you want to see Josh struggle along, uh, Josh and Claire will be there from half past five, um, but we will be hearing a full update on that on the Friday Sports Hour and that's the one thing I do like actually well I, I love the Sports Hour obviously all of it but one of my particular favourite bits from it is actually that actual sport which you're not used to you're going along to an activity class at the York Sport facilities and you seem to be having a good time so far even though it's tough uh, yeah it's, it's certainly a lot of fun to go out and try new things and I can certainly recommend uh, all of the classes I've done so far to anyone who wants to go and get involved I, i'm not entirely looking forward to tomorrow uh evening but but that said i'm sure it'll be a a good test and and i'll be able to see if the classes so far have made me any fitter um I, I, they feel like they might have done but it's time to put that to the test 
Well, we'll be putting it to the test tomorrow and you'll be able to hear about that on Friday's Sports Hour 6pm. Remember, you can always keep on sending in your views at URY News or at URY Sports. We'd love to hear from you. But for now, I think we're going to finish the show uh, a couple minutes early. We're going to go to the news early and then we're going to have a lovely song by The Killers which is going to be Mr. Brightside. But for now, I think we will go over to... Who's going to read the news today? Is it going to be Josh or Kat? I think Josh is ready to go, to be honest. Josh is completely ready to go. So thank you very much for listening to this 29th of October edition of URI News Out with me, George Lane. But for now, it is the one, the only. It's URI's Josh Kerr with the latest news headlines. Live from the RY newsroom at 10 to 7, the Serious Fraud Office is carrying out a criminal investigation into accounting irregularities at the supermarket giant Tesco. Last week, the supermarket announced that its profits have been overstated by £263 million, up on an initial estimate made last month of £250 million. The inflated profit figure was the result of Tesco bringing forward rebates from suppliers. The Serious Fraud Office confirmed the probe, but declined to give further details. Zimbabwean Vice President Guy Scott has been named acting leader following the death of President Michael Sata. Presidential elections to choose a permanent successor will be held within 90 days, Defence Minister Edgar Lungu said. Mr Scott, who is of Scottish descent, becomes Africa's first white head of state for many years. Mr Sata died in the UK aged 77 after receiving treatment for an undisclosed illness. Deputy Labour leader Harriet Harman has worn a T-shirt carrying the slogan This is what a feminist looks like to Prime Minister's questions. The Fawcett Society's campaign T-shirt has been worn by both Ed Miliband and Nick Clegg for promotional pictures, but not by David Cameron. A House of Commons spokesman said there are many demands on the Speaker's attention whilst he is in the chair, particularly during Prime Minister's questions. If a member's dress is not in line with the conventions of the House and is brought to the chair's attention, he acts accordingly. It's not known whether the Speaker had noticed Miss Harmon's choice of attire. In sports news, Andy Murray moved win to one win of qualifying for the World Tour Finals with victory over Julian Venneton. Uh, at the Paris Masters. The Britain, 27, who is fifth in the race to qualify for November's finals, outclassed his French opponent in 71 minutes to reach the third round. He needs to reach the quarter-finals in France to clinch his place in London. The Scot, who has won three titles in five weeks, will face Gregor Dimitriov, who beat Murray at Wimbledon. Next, a quick look at the weather. This evening and tonight, it's going to cloud over later in the evening, followed by some outbreaks of rain spreading from the south, perhaps heavy at times. Uh, becoming misty in the night also. Mild with temperatures gradually rising overnight, highs of 11 degrees in York. On air, online, York Uni's student radio station. Radio news by students, for students. The URY News Hour on University Radio York. You've been listening to the URY News Hour. We've got a song, Mr. Brightside by The Colours, coming up, followed by a small section of Jukebox before 7 pm, URY pm, the Harry Whitaker Show. Do stay tuned for that on in seven minutes' time. But for now, here's Mr. Brightside. Come on. 